it is a sight for sore eyes to see this guy in here in another restaurant endeavor. I, I don't think there's anyone who can start a restaurant the way this guy does, but more important, Xavier Jones. How you doing, man? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, life is good. Life is good. And it takes us in a winding road a lot of times, and we never necessarily know exactly where it's going, but, uh, but here we are. <laughs> you know, that's what makes life special is not knowing the man like me who walks by faith and not by sight. Um, it, uh, it leaves you intrigued. It leaves you titillated to figure out what your next step is. You know, um, you know, you're on the journey, you know, what your end should turn out to be your vision, your goal. But the cool thing is, you just don't know what's 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 going to be around every corner I turn. You know, that's what makes it fun. Yeah, and honestly, if you're really focused too much on the outcome and the goal, and we we're we're goal oriented. This yeah, this this world, you know, it's all about uh, you know, what are you doing this podcast for? What's the what's the goal of this? What what are you trying to accomplish with this? You know, oh. You know, Xavier, I got your new restaurant out. Like, what, what are you trying to do with that? It's the process. Like, you, we live every single day. And it's like, what are we doing? Because that's the important thing. We, <laughs> the stuff that we're doing, it's not about what's up ahead. Yeah, we'll get there. Maybe, maybe not. But what are we doing every single day? You got to enjoy it. You, I'm sorry, you have to embrace the journey that you're on. You got to enjoy the ride. You have to, because too many times people, they, they, they reach a goal and the journey that they took, they forget, forget all about it, mm. you know? And that's the most important thing is that journey that you took that hill. You had to, that climb those slopes. You had to go down those valleys you had to go through, you know, um, it's not just about getting to the mountain top. It's how did I get here? Cause it creates value in your goal when you accomplish it, embracing everything that you do. And even in this journey of, um, you know, trying to take this restaurant and create it to be, to me, to tell my story, you know, um, and still using the same canvas of the old story, I'm embracing the journey. I'm embracing the stress, embracing the pains, embracing the hiccups, embracing the overwhelming feelings that come with it. Sometimes you can do it differently and do it a little better this time. And whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a business endeavor, because there are moments, there are moments when you go through and you're like deja vu and it's kind of like, oh, damn, I have this fear because last time this happened, it went it went backwards and it went downhill really fast and that didn't work and it was traumatizing or something. <laughs> it can be, you know, no matter what, what you're encountering, but you learn that when you face it, you know how to do it better the next time. One of the things I've learned and no matter what relationship you're talking about, whether it's personal, professional, you can't say I'm not going to try it again the same way because you're doing it with someone 
new, something mm. new, a different platform, a different plateau. So what didn't work for the last person does not mean it won't work for the new person. Mm. So we're sometimes quick to change our approach because we lack reading the room. And if you are able to read and say, okay, I, I think even though it was a mistake last time, this right here is different. It might work. I feel as though it works and go with your feelings. If you know, okay, that the situation looks the same, then you want to approach it different. But it's all about feel. It's all about being able to read the room. It's all about being able to look at it and, and, and say, okay, you know, I see where this is going. Let me switch it up, you yeah. know. And you raise a good point about the people you're dealing with because what you may have done last time in a relationship, in a business venture, may have worked if you were in a different scenario with different people um, who may be looking at things differently and maybe me maybe are more supportive or maybe just have the right combination of personality and uh and and what have you that works for you so you know all those lessons in the past you know they're, they're beneficial but um but to, to get past that sort of uh trauma you just have to live through it you know there's a there's a little bit of that you know uh whether whether it's a, a restaurant that that maybe didn't work out the way you wanted to a relationship and we've had them both we, <laughs> like, you know we've we've had relationships that haven't worked right my man yes, so yes. um you know and uh and then at the end of the day you know you've got to get through it and uh and live life that, and, and i said you you live and you learn and that's that's key you have to learn <clears throat> so a lot of times people just keep on moving and they don't they don't take the opportunity because they're so fit, focused on a goal so they don't take the opportunity to learn that journey and that process right i'm from a city where our 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 sports slogan is trust the process right <laughs> so you know with me I, i'm 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 trusting the process this time i know that the last last time i had a restaurant i was in a totally different relationship i was you know, I, now, you know, my mindset is totally different. Um, I, I approach things different. I was, you know, I was going through um, a lot of turmoil, losing father, losing marriage, struggling with working too much, not seeing my son. There was a lot of things that was going on. And that's, that's, that's just small stuff. There was a lot of things that was going on. So now I look at it and say, okay, I'm in a totally different space. I'm able to focus a little bit more now, mm. you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not running towards anything at the same time, running from something. Now I'm able to just enjoy every step that I take, you know, and do it and, and do it right. And, and, and like you say, you learn from before I learned from the, the staff that I picked out and throw no shade on who worked for me in any of the establishments that I had. They might've been good workers, but not the right fit. We and, and uh, isn't that the lesson in life, man? <laughs> like you could be a great person, and and another person may be a great person, and it just may not be the right fit, and and that's okay. We generally have this culture where we're kind of like mm, we 
we take it personally that if something happens that it's your fault or something. Sometimes it's not your fault. Sometimes it's just the the place where you are. And then the other thing you hit on is balance. And we hear that a lot. And um, sometimes it's a cliche out there about finding balance. But when you really understand that, when you really go through it, that balance is with family, uh, with work and everything. That That groundedness is a powerful, powerful ally. And it's hard. <laughs> it's hard, you know, um, you know, going through trying to have a relationship, have a kid working towards your, your goal and your dreams, you, you find yourself like doing a lot of juggling and you find yourself saying, okay, how do I build this dream for my family and spend time with my family? How do I grow with my family, you know, while growing the things that I want? by growing the fruits that I want my family to be able to eat off of, you know? So how do I spend that time and plant these roots and, and water these roots by still root, continue watering the roots of the family that I, that, I, that I set up? So creating that balance is something that some people struggle with. I will be the first to admit that's something that I struggle with because I'm a workaholic. You know, um, you know me, I'm always working. I'm always on to something, always trying to create something, always trying to new platoon, new platform, you new, 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 new something. And it's, it's something that today, even today, balance was a conversation that was, that I had today that um, I'm currently struggling with, but I'm gonna get by. Mm. I'm gonna get by. I'm gonna overcome it. Yeah. So how how are you trying to find that uh, balance through everything? When you're opening a new restaurant, <laughs> doing that, finding that balance. What does what does that look like? Um, I believe that it's 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 you need to have somebody that's understanding. Finding that balance is having somebody that can support you. Finding that balance is also. You know, having somebody that says, okay, I know this hurts right now, but I know it's going to benefit us in the long run. Um, you can't just say, okay, this is my goal and suck it up. This is what I have to do. You have to be able to put some things on the back burner to, to give family their time, to, to give the other things that time. It could be multiple business that you got to balance. And you got to understand that you only have so much water that you can give out. So mm -hmm. you can't be trying to flower water every pot. You know, some has to say, okay, these, these are going to be later. I have enough to give out for these four. These three are going to be later, you know. Um, and when you can sit back and understand that, because you, that's why we get burnt out. This is, how, this is how sometimes your projects fall because you can't cater to them at all. Sometimes that's relationships fall because you can't cater to that relationship. That person still is in a relationship, whether they're, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, whether they're engaged, whether they're married, you know, whether it's just a friendship, they still feel lonely and they need you there to, to comfort. And sometimes all they have is a voice, you know, and they need more than that. So you you got to say okay what's what's most important today and you 
That's it. But when you have when you have a support structure, you know, one of the things is before you start a new project, make sure you have that foundation. Right. And that support structure, because if you started without it, something's going to crumble because you're going to pull from what was supported to support the next or the next is going to fall. Now, being a chef, that's one of the notorious positions out there. I've, I've heard out there that chefs, uh, you know, they're like pirates, you know, they, they go from place to place. And, and so that's the sort of culture, you know, you have to work in, right? Is this uh, working late hours and, and starting a restaurant? And trust is a big factor in restaurants too. <laughs> Who's handling the money? There's a lot of cash going on there. So that's why it's been, I think, notoriously one of the most stressful positions is to, to run a restaurant uh, and to and to make sure that everything's going the way it's got to go. You know all this uh, back and forth and upside down because you've been in this industry for uh, just about ever. Uh, but uh, but it's it's not the easiest uh, industry. It's, it's not. And it's always been in the top three. It's one of the most stressful um, positions to hold as a chef. You know, you you know, you got families coming out and they're coming out to eat, you know, and you know, you, you got to create these dishes and you, you know, got to make sure that, you know, everybody leaves happy. And, you know, you, at any given moment, you can have 60, 70, 80, a hundred items that need to go out within a mm. short window, you know, and you're trying to orchestrate, you know, multiple people to have this food come up at one time, the hours get long, you know, you find yourself babysitting at work, you find yourself a referee at work, you find yourself yeah. being a daycare owner at work, you know, a counselor at work, all these hats that you have to wear, and then you have a family at home, and you're taking care of your family at yeah. work more, you know, so it becomes stress on you, because you know, you're like, okay, I'm doing all this. And I, now I got to turn around and, and do that. And this is on the back burner. You know, I miss my son's game. I miss my daughter's game. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not there for my, my, my wife, my husband, my spouse, you know, so there's, there's going to be some sacrifices that has to be made. And then you talk about the long hours, you know, the late nights, a lot of people end up getting into getting the drinking, yeah. getting into drugs, getting a partying, chasing the pain away, trying to chase chase this the stress away, looking for that quick fix, not not knowing that when they come down off of whatever they indulged in, that issue is right there. That pain, that stress, yeah. that overwhelming feeling feeling comes right back. So it it, it gets harder. Because when you're the chef, you're you're like a celebrity. Yeah. You know, like everybody, everybody wants to know the chef, everybody, you know, maybe uh, somebody always wants to buy the chef a drink, although, you know, not when you're working necessarily, but you know what, at the end of the day, um, that's, that's a thing. And uh, God, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It, 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 it is, but you know, one of the one, one thing that helps me keep balance is I'm a man of faith. Mm. So I, I continue to move by faith. You know, and I continue to um, just know that God is going to get me through no matter what, you know, no matter what I face. I, I, I have to continue to understand that my peace is still there in the midst of no matter what storm that I'm going through, you know, so um, life is going to throw a lot at you. 
you know, and I, I've learned that I can only stress about the things that I can handle and that I'm not handling. But what I can't handle, there's no no reason for me to get upset about. If I can't handle it, I can't solve it, then I just got to I got to keep moving on. I can't beat myself up about it. But it's the things that you can take care of. It's mm. the things that you neglect to take care of. It's the things that you put on the back burner. And you have to make sure that it's not your family that you're putting on the back burner. Mm. You know, you, you know, as a man, we go out most of the time as the breadwinner of our family, we go out to work and it is hard. One of the hardest things for a man and you are a father yourself is knowing that you have to work 60, 70 hours a week and you can barely tuck your son in, you know, and you barely see him brush his teeth in the morning. That's one of the hard things. I watched my son first three years of his life grow up on social media because I worked too much. So I continue to build because I worked too much for somebody else. So I figured if I'm going to miss out on anything, I'm going to make sure that I'm building my own. Yeah. Yeah. Building my own so that he can come spend time with me. Mm. And entrepreneurship yeah. right there. And yeah. that's the that's the dream people have. And uh, I've been an entrepreneur. Uh, you are and, and have been. It's a hell of a lot of work uh, to make the dream uh, happen, uh, especially on the front end, you know, maybe toward the back end. You could get other people that want to scale that thing up um, to to start taking it. But, you know, even uh, taking a vacation, you know, um, it's it's tough when things are are, are just starting out. But um, but this is going to be a huge success. I know this restaurant in the town of Adams. And we talked about it before. So when when you open this thing, so I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping to open up. Um, I know this is a very vague answer might come across sarcastic, but uh, <laughs> I'm hoping to open it up when I'm ready. Mm. To, to be 100% honest. Mm. I'm really ho- I'm hoping to open up when I'm ready. Whether that's May, April, or June. You know, when I'm, when I'm ready, when all my, you know, T's are crossed and my I's are dotted, my ducks are in the row, like my grandma used to always say. Yeah. Then the doors, uh, you know, I can't set a date. You know, when, when it's come down to opening up a restaurant, anything can happen that push you back. So I really can't set a date, mm. but I know that when I'm ready, everybody would know. And um, it's getting close. Just saying it's getting close. So what are the things you're working on right now to sort of get there? What What is the process? I mean, I'm sure all that permitting and all that stuff, that's, that's one thing. But then, of course, there's the actual food and the restaurant and the atmosphere itself, which is your forte, not that permitting isn't, but I'm sure you've done quite a bit of that, but like, uh, where are you now? So structuring your menu is very key. Mm. Looking at your kitchen, seeing if you're going to restructure your kitchen, or you're going to move equipment around how everything's going to flow. So right now I'm in, in the process of rebuilding the kitchen, um, in a process of, uh, creating more um more capacity so that i can create more seats more revenue for the restaurant Hmm. um you know because it was a historic building well it is a historic building we're not doing too much structure you know change um outside of you know closing the floor between on the second and uh, the first floor to create more room open to open a bar up to create seating at the bar to open the middle floor up to create more seating there 
um, painting, you know, just creating a, a different atmosphere, um, a different, um, putting a lot of, you know, updated decor in it. Um, and, you know, and just looking really, you know, looking at that menu to make sure that this is the things that people are going to love. These are the things that I know people are going to come back for not putting what I want to put on there, but also putting what I know people are going to love throughout the years of being in the Berkshires. What did I run on previous menus that was a hot hit? You know, what can I bring back, remix it a little bit, you know, um, even doing cheesesteaks on Tuesday nights. You know? Nice. Well, um, <laughs> you're going to see me there then. <laughs> but I'll, I mean, I'll be eating all the other menu items as well. But um, but looking at that, yeah, it's a it's it's a very because there are. And I don't know if it's just the nature of the chef. And I say the chef like, in you know, in, in quotations, there is a certain ego that's attached to that. And when someone goes through the schooling that someone like Xavier Jones has gone through, or, you know, any of these uh, high end uh, educations, there's a certain ego that goes with it that, Hey, I am going to do it my way. And everyone needs to just follow along and make me a success because I'm wonderful and I'm great. And that, that, then, hey, maybe that works for some uh, chefs. But what I'm hearing from you is that, hey, we're going to make this thing work based on the fact that we are here in the Berkshires. And I've been around here for a really long time. And there are some things that people really, really like. We're going to make sure we have those things on the menu along with other things. Right. You know, there's an ego that comes with it. But, you know, the, the key to it is, is allowing your staff to know your vision. You got to get your staff to buy in your vision, mm. be a part of your vision. You can't come in and say, okay, I'm hiring you. You're going to do it the way I want you to do it and lead the staff under dictatorship. No, make the staff a part. My staff is in there now. They're, I didn't hire outside people to paint. I didn't hire outside people to clean. I didn't hire outside people to come in and move this around. It's my staff. They're, they they came in, they interviewed, I hired. They're the one cleaning. They're the one doing it, doing the things, doing the running around, the painting the stuff, helping me hang up stuff. You know, why? Because now they take ownership. It's not, you know, you know, you walk into a brand new house, you have a different mindset than if you walked in a house that you helped take down that wall and rebuild it. You know, you help do this and you help do that. You, you help. They, when we open up the doors, the restaurant now has value in their hearts because they are part of it. Now they don't just work for me. They work with me, you know, that's amazing. And, and, and that's, that was my goal is to bring them in so they can build, we can build this house together and they buy into the vision. And when they buy into the vision, they're, they're, they're a team member, you know, they're not just my staff, the people that work for me, the people that I hire, you know, we go in these trenches together. I'm not standing back on the sideline. The moment that first ticket come in to the moment that last ticket come in, I am in the trenches with the soldiers. You know, there's a definition of leadership uh, in there uh, because it's very similar to what I've heard um, over time. And that is you have a vision, 
but what good is that vision unless other people buy into it? So that's exactly what you're saying. And to have actual staff members uh, before the restaurant opens to be doing those kinds of projects is, uh, you know, honestly, I never even thought of that, uh, you know, because you think, oh, we're putting together a restaurant, we're going to hire the painters, we're going to hire this, we're going to hire that, you know, outside contractors, but to have your actual staff doing it, um, and you think about the first week or so uh, that a restaurant is open or first couple of weeks, and what do you hear? Oh, the staff was slow, you know, oh, they got their orders wrong. Oh, this, that. And that's always the first thing that happens. And people will say, well, I'm never going to go to that place again because they only give it one chance. And it's the first couple of weeks they're open. I would suggest that having that kind of teamwork already on board. Wow. That, that you know, I, I, I suspect that the opportunity to have a really great first two weeks uh, maybe it, it may it may happen very well. That's the goal. The goal is to make sure that 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 does happen. That when people come in, all the staff looks like they know what they're doing. They're happy. They're not nervous. They're not. You know that is the goal. That is the goal. But I want to I want to hit on what you said about people coming in not giving another chance. Mm. You know, when there's a province-owned restaurant in a small town, people will criticize, and I hope people will listen to this. They will criticize their province-owned own business week after week. They would not let it go for three weeks, and if somebody else put a complaint in, they'll jump right in on it. But they'll go to the same place to get the same coffee that messed it up every single day. <laughs> they'll go back to that same drive through that messed up their food every day. You go but, to that place and you have the, the top is on. They don't quite get it on and it, and it uh, spills every time. But uh, no one seems to complain about that. Place. No one complains about <laughs> it. You know what I'm talking and about. And they go back every single time. And whether they fool cold, no matter what, they keep giving. But if it's a private owned business, you they criticize them. Hmm. Crucifying. You got to give them a chance. Because you're there. You know, that's really interesting because you say that. I don't hear people uh, criticizing like Applebee's, you know what I'm saying? Like what, what is going on there? But, you know, one of the local restaurants, um, they'll, they'll slaughter them uh, on social media and the rest that, you know, it's a damn good point. And that, you know, stop doing that folks, you know, because this, all this money stays in the community. It stays here. You know, when you have these chain restaurants, and this is not like some, you know, diatribe against corporations, but it's just a fact. I mean, when you have a local business owner who lives here and who owns it and everyone here is local, all that money is staying here and supporting things in our community. Um, not so much with the with those chains, but, um, and yet that's a great point. I never even thought of that, but that's all I ever see. I never see these diatribes on... <laughs> you know, chilies. <laughs> exactly. You know, so, you know, you know, you, you said that, you know, I talked about having my staff and, you know, I learned this from, there's a great guy named Doug Luff. 
he was my mentor. Yeah. He, he trained me at the Red Lion Inn. He trained me at Spice. But when he brought me up at Spice, when I came in, it was the old Bessie Clark building. Mm. And it was a shell. It was boarded up on the outside. North Street was a ghost town. I know you remember. I did. And it well. was a shell. Mm. But I was the first employee, you know, non-management employee hired for this restaurant. And when I came in, I came in and it was just empty. And I was just sweeping up dust and cleaning little things and, you know, going out places, helping them with the menus, all those little things, you know, that cleaning out old sporting equipment out out of the closet. Like. I mean, you know, whatever <laughs> old that we yeah, can yeah. use and that, and it was it was crazy. And I watched all these companies come in and build this up. So like it was my heart was in this place. Yeah, it was. I I felt like, you know, I mean, it it was home. Like it was mine. You know, and so that's what, what my with with the the staff that's going to be working there. I want them to feel that that same that same thing. You know, yeah, that, that they that, they own it also. That, you know, you you should write. Here's your idea, man. You you got to write a book on how to start a restaurant and do it right because um, that is the best damn idea I've ever. I don't know if anyone else has ever done it, but uh, I probably have. Maybe I don't know, but uh, but that's brilliant because. That buy-in thing is so is so powerful, and if businesses took that approach, their businesses would be better, um, their employees would be better, and there would be less turnover, and people would actually be committed uh, more to to working for a company. So you, you got to treat your employees well, you got to uh, treat them well. So um, okay, so rolling along, uh, what th- this menu? We've talked about the menu a little bit. And uh, so, you know, getting some of those pieces that, you know, are going to work uh, for sure. But uh, but what is that menu looking like now? Is, is, is it continuing to evolve? Um, so, you know, some of the things that we have on a menu, one of my favorite things are pepper deuce, South African fruit from the Limpopo Providence. I love them, you know. Um, they're they're on a menu. They're used a couple of different ways. You know, one is stuffed with you know crab meat, then deep fried, a, a nice bear batter deep fried, and um, served with a creamy romesco sauce. So we're taking you know a you know a New England bear batter with a African fruit, um, serving it with a Spanish sauce. You know. Um, so you know you have three to four different styles on, on a plate, and that's my goal. You know. Um, you know, we have little things. I love pork belly, you know, uh, one of my favorite things on there is a pork belly taco, you know, something that you don't see, you know, um, anywhere. <laughs> and you didn't bring samples. Here <laughs> so, yeah. um, so the menu, come on, man, come on. <laughs> the menu will, um, have different, different flavors and, you know, it's top of style. So everything is small plates. Um, you know, healthy eating is the mindset, not a lot of fried food, um, no sandwiches. The only sandwich we have on the menu is a cheesesteak, you know, um, however, you know, you know, kids, nice kids menu, um, fr- fresh desserts made right in house. Um, none of that pre-board, you know, um, everything is made, you know, scratch cooking, um, one of the dishes that I love is a we, we have a dish called a sweet potato confit, which is um, sweet potatoes cooked in extra virgin olive oil, served with candy pecans of Berkshire 
um, blue cheese and it's going to have Hill Maple Farms, um, uh, nice bourbon, maple bourbon on it, you know? Um, so that dish right there, you know, will have a lot of different components, but it's very good. I mean, the sweet potatoes just melt right in your mouth. Um, it's a, it a topic that I ran years ago up in the capital region in Saratoga Springs. And it was, it was, I, I couldn't keep it. I, mm. People loved it. Tell me about you Saratoga. Know? You never told me you worked in Saratoga or maybe you did, but I may have forgotten, but uh, tell, tell me what it was like uh, out there. And um, wh where are all the different places where you've worked professionally? I mean, a lot in the Berkshires for sure, mm -hmm. but uh, Saratoga is one of those places that you look at and say, God, that downtown. And yeah, they have the built-in base of the horse racing and, and uh, some other you know cultural stuff and, and what have you. But there's a lot of outdoor dining there. Uh, I found that uh, when you go down Saratoga, just about every restaurant has a full room space kind of, of outdoor dining there. That would be awesome to have uh, in Adams, uh, in Pittsfield. You know, um, it would have been nice to have uh, built that into the streetscape uh, years ago. But um, but uh, tell me about those places you've worked and, and some of the differences that you've seen and, and how you can uh, utilize uh, some of those ideas. Um, you know, my first journey here was the Red Line Inn. I left, left the Ray Lion Inn and became a corporate trainer for Rare Hospitality. So I traveled the country opening up restaurants um, as a corporate trainer working in the back of the house. Um, I worked at a place uh, called World C Cafe Live, where we work with different artists and musicians, where I got to meet like Stevie Wonder, and Liz Fair, you know, Jimmy Buffett, nice. um, The Roots, you know, Diggable Planets, a lot of the old school, you know, um, some 70s, 80s, a lot of 90s groups. Um, so that was really fun there. I came back to the Berkshires and spiced the original spice. So, so this time that you're with Jimmy Buffett <laughs> and all those guys, what was that? That was uh, late nineties. No, that early? was actually in 2005. 2005. So I left okay. the Berkshires in okay. 2004. Um, okay. In 2005, I was working working right. there. Okay. Um, and that was a great year. 2006, I came back to the Berkshires. Work for Spice, then I uh, helped Mazio's open up on South Street. Mm. Um, Perigee and Lee uh, working along with Don La Rochelle. Yeah. Um, I yeah, also we, we built some websites for her back in the day. Yeah. You know, what is she doing? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't <laughs> talked to her, but I actually started with Apple G Catering, which was out yeah. of her house. That's so right. I, I started as a caterer out of her house and then helped her with the restaurant in South yeah. Lee. I think she had a kosher catering too. Yeah, it was kosher. Uh, it was fun. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then we went on to, uh, you know, um, work at Jacob's Poe, which was fun, created the menu there, came back to work at J Spice, um, and then Patty's Bistro in Dalton mm. on a roll cafe in, in Lenox. Yeah. Um, and then I opened up Big Daddy's. That's right. And uh, on a roll, he's, he's, you know, he's doing pretty well down there in Lenox. Yeah, Dave um, Morelli's a good chef. Dave, I miss him. Of course, I miss him in downtown. But, uh, but hey, you know, you got to go where the sun is shining. And uh, he's, he's doing well over there. But uh, so, you know, everybody around here, <laughs> like every restaurant owner, you know, do, do you guys get together at all? I mean, is there some no. sort of, uh, there should be some sort of it's, you know, we, we used to, we used to 
where restaurants will come together at Spice, we used to do things and we'll bring in four different chefs like Peter Platt. You know, he's from Owen on the Green down in New Marlboro, Mass. You know, phenomenal chef. Oh, yeah. One of the best I ever worked with. Mm. You know, um, you know, so we will bring in, we brought in the chef from the old mill on the floss. You know, so every every restaurant would do a different um one would do a dessert, one would do a salad, the next one would do an entree, one would do, you know, a soup or something like that. And we do a four course meal and that was fun. So you're working with these big major chefs from different areas of the county and you come together and we had, you know, Spice was a big facility. We could seat a lot of people um, and we need more of that, you know, bringing, bringing chefs together. Um, you know, so there used to be events that they would do at uh, Hancock Shaker Village, where they would bring 15 different restaurants together, and everybody would serve a little, um, I think it was BCAC that would put this on. And it was an event that helped raise money that gives people in need great support. So you would bring all these chefs together, you know, like, you know, working with Munjin and, you know, with, um, you know, his catering and what he's doing on, on, on Tyler street, which is great, you know, watching him grow, you know, to follow his father's footsteps is amazing, Mm. you know, as a great chef here in the Berkshire. So working with guys like that was always interesting. You learn little, you know, tidbits from other people that you take it and you put in your repertoire, tweak, tweak it a little bit, make it your own, you know. Every single one of them, uh, all you guys uh, have, I'm sure, amazing stories to tell because that industry is, man, it's something and it's high pressure. I mean, every, every time I've worked in a, a restaurant and, uh, you know, I have my stints as a waiter or a bus person or what have you and, you know, grew up doing that um, down at the Stockbridge Golf Club uh, for a while. My mom was the clubhouse manager, but then I was in Philadelphia. <laughs> I worked for a restaurant called D'Angelo's on Rittenhouse Square. And man, that was no, <laughs> they meant business there, man. You, you did not screw up uh, or else uh, you, you'd be hearing it, man. And, and so like, it's a high intensity uh, industry. And, uh, you know, especially when you have a couple of Sicilian owners <laughs> who, who, uh, who aren't messing around and, uh, and the rest, but, um, but God, there's gotta be a lot of stories to tell. Oh, and there is, there is. <laughs> yeah, I work, I worked with a chef long, long time ago, man, and and we be expediting, and we used to turn, you know, four or five hundred covers out at dinner time, and the phone be ringing, and he ripped the phone off the wall, unplug, yeah. I mean, not unplug <laughs> it, but just rip it. You know, he's like, I'm, I'm, you know, um, you know, so some some chefs can be me. I'm cool calm collective mm. i'm the type that if i get stressed out i'm singing you're unlike most i, I am unlike well probably because you learn from guys like douglas muff but but also you know you're just that you know that's your that's your style that's who yeah. you are you know but man it is it, it, there, there are things that happen in that workplace that uh, would not be acceptable anywhere else and i'm not condoning it by the way <laughs> but uh but it's high intensity it is high it is high intensity and um <laughs> for a good four to five hours every night, you know, you're ready to pull your hair out. That's mm. why I cut mine off. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't pull it out anymore. You know, you made it a lot easier on yourself. A whole lot easier. <laughs> but you, you got know. that beard going. Yeah, man. I know. You can pull this stuff out yeah. right here. You know, that's that's. But I, I, I could not get that beard to that point. You, you, you know, your beard yeah. is way more impressive than this thing here. 
you gotta have a, you gotta have the right treatment. I'll take care of you. <laughs> I'll show you the way. <laughs> do you use a special product? Is yeah, that, you, I, I, I do. I do. It's a, it's a product called Sovereign Measures. No kidding. Yeah, and it's um, it's phenomenal. <laughs> you know, um, from where my beard was the last time we talked to where it is now, it's a lot healthier, a lot fuller. <laughs> Um, it's all natural products. And You're an expert in this stuff. All right. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta give me the name of that product right oh, yeah, here. Oh, yeah. We'll sell some of this stuff. Sovereign measures is the way to go. <laughs> um, I, I've actually shared a couple of things on my, um, on my, on my timeline, you know, of sovereign measures and it's nice. It's, it's phenomenal stuff and all different type of hair growth um, things for, for natural hair, all yeah. that keep all those chemicals. Uh, you wonder why your hair falling out and all that's all those chemicals, yeah. keep it natural. And, and let's face it, the ladies like the beard. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you know, don't you think, yeah that's, <laughs> that's from what I understand. I don't know. But, yeah, so. they do. It's that salt and pepper look, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> I used to die mine. I don't die it no more. <laughs> Uh, I was just thought we were just joking today with Kara about that. <laughs> we saw some TikTok where the the the, the sophisticated ladies, hey, they they like it, they like it. So um, so there you are. And, uh, I'm a lucky guy. So uh, and uh, and my lady likes the beard. So um, <laughs> I love it. I have visions beyond a restaurant. So um, it's really trying to stay committed to the visions that I was given to, given, that was given to me, you know, um, by staying focused. Um, I've learned a long time ago, you have to take the triple D approach and which is dedication, determination, and discipline. So I understand that my blessings of what I want in life is on the other side of me dis being disciplined. I mean, having discipline to life, um, that I understand that life, life, um, doesn't react to, um, just anything. It just, it reacts to how you are living, you know? So, um, I'm, I'm just trying to have a different mindset on everything and, um, mm. really just trying to build a family and, and being mature. That's it. And, if, I, uh, if I can, if I can really say it, just being mature, um, you know, I've, 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 I was once wild. I made some mistakes, you know, um, I've been through a divorce, um, and it's like, okay, you got, you got to reinvent yourself, mm. you know? So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at today. It's in that area, trying to find my way. Mm. And gratitude. And, uh, Ooh. I mean, Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Because like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm like, man, I love this. I love this. You know, I love talking to you, um, this thing that we're doing and, you know, sharing conversation. And it's like, you know, what is this? I don't know. We're just having fun. And like, you know, and, and I feel that from you, like you are going through and, uh, you know, you have your, this is part of, of, of Xavier. Yeah. You're a restaurant guy but you want to do more, but like you're taking that next step right now. And, uh, and I, I feel like, you know, when we, when we experience more in life, we appreciate it more. And when you actually have gratitude, you get more. You, you said the, the right word, gratitude. And you said going through life. So I've learned one thing. You can't just go through life. 
but you have to grow through life. Mm. You're right. A lot of people just go through it yeah. and they don't get anywhere. And they wonder why 20 years later, they still doing the same thing because they never grew through life. You have to continue to grow. Right. When you said gratitude, gratitude is one of the most important things that you ever can have. No matter where you at, you have to be grateful. No matter if you lost your job, no matter if you lost your spouse, no matter if your, your car broke down, your car broke down, but you had to have the mindset that I still have two feet to walk. Mm. You lost your spouse, you know, because of things that, that happened. Y'all didn't see eye to eye, but you know what? You still have your life. You might've lost your job, but another, it just gave you opportunity to see something else. It gave you opportunity to open up another door, to walk through another door, to go down a different attitude. I mean, a different Avenue. So with gratitude Avenue and attitude. Yes. <laughs> with, with, with having that being grateful for everything. People wake up in the morning like, man, I got to go to this job. But do you know how many people didn't wake up? How many, how many people, they dog barked at them, they didn't move. They spouse shook them, they didn't move. The sun shined in their eyes, they didn't move. Their kids called their name, they didn't move. You woke up, nobody said you had to wake up. It wasn't promised. A lot of people laid down with plans for the next day. You, the, the person with no gratitude lays down with no plans. They wake up on accident. They don't know what direction they're going to go into. They get up griping and complaining. And the reason why they griping and complaining, because they're not focused. They're not grateful. They're not thankful. They have no direction. They want nothing out of life, but they complain. The only way to change those things is to change those things. Mm you are constantly going to do the same thing you always did. If you continue to do the same thing you always did. And it all starts with the mindset change. If you don't change your mind and the way you approach things and think different, the Bible says, so a man thinketh, so he becomes, mm. you change the way you think you're going to change everything. And diversity is an opportunity. Adversity often you know, which can drive people down and it can depress them. And that's what can, it can break people. But uh, often there's great lessons in adversity. And, you know, for me, that's, that's where your true metal comes out, <laughs> you know, because if, uh, if you weren't meant to face that and, and some of the best things in my life, if I look back that happened to me, personally, were things that were not good at the time. You know, um, I, I was let go one time in my life in a job and it was the best thing that ever happened because it, it was meant to happen because, you know, I was holding back, holding back and I knew I wanted to start my own business. And finally, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, said, you're not waiting anymore. <laughs> This, this is happening. And, uh, and, and that's the way it works. It really, it really does. It really you gotta does. Follow, listen, you got to follow your, your dream, your vision, your goal. Let me tell you something. I, and whoever's listening to this, I don't want them to think that I'm against college, I, but sometimes going to college and getting an education will stunt your growth. Mm. And I, and I want people to really understand what I'm saying when I say it's stunting your growth, sure. because you go get a job that you feel as though you're stuck at. This is your, this is what you went to school for you. This is what you have to do, but you wake up. That ain't, 
your gift. See, we all was given a gift. The Bible says that your gift will make room for you. We, so if you're going to cut hair, cut it. If you're going, if you're going to talk, if you're going to have be a podcast, then do what you do. I see where, I see how you coming up. I see where you're going. I see where we, 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 we go from one shop to just doing it on a zoom meeting to, you know, being here, you know, with all this, I see where you're going, you know? So it's like, you know, when you, you can be living the confines of your degree, living in the confines of your trade, or you can become free to what you want to do in life. And that's where your happiness derives from is that freedom. That job gave you freedom. You know, I love big daddies. It was my father's dream. I loved it, you know, but at the same times I felt like I was stuck. Mm. And in the summer of 2019, my father died on a Monday, truck repoed on a Tuesday, IRS seized $60,000 from me on a Wednesday. And Friday, I was sleeping on my mother's floor. I'm keeping it raw and real with you right now. Mm. It gave me freedom. It gave me freedom. I was able to walk away from that restaurant. A lot of people pissed off. A lot of people had things to say. They had negative things to say because they didn't know. They heard he say, she say, well, that employee said this. Well, that person said that. I know somebody who said that. That's so they ran their mouth. But they didn't know what was going on. And when I walked away, it was like I can breathe. Because I was being suffocated by something that I was holding on that wasn't mine. I was suffocating and I was choking. I was choking on my father's dream. But I had a gift that I wanted to use in my way. I had a goal that was a, a forecast that God gave me, which was a small preview of a, of attraction of an upcoming event that was given to me. So therefore I had to, I needed a release and it didn't come the way I wanted. It came with so much negative, but the positive was behind it because a month later I was able to breathe a month later. Here I am at a school teaching using one of my gifts a month later, I was formatting a personal uh, my personal classes and becoming a personal chef that opened up so many doors and, and avenues and connected me and network work with so many different people. So sometimes, you know, when you're not in your gift, when you're not activated in that, you can be suffocated and choked off by and never reach your success. And mm. some way, somehow, God's going to bring you back if you're not there, you know, or you keep suffocating, you know what I'm saying? And so, wow, man, I'm so excited for you. Thank I am you. so excited for you. I love it. I love everything you're doing and, you know, and everything you'll continue to do. And life is good. Life is good. The Firehouse Cafe opening up this spring at some point. You know, it's opening up. The Glen is getting a new center. The Trail is going to be open and booming. The Adams Theater is going to be opening up soon. Arts and culture all around. The Firehouse Cafe is also going to be an art gallery. 
Nice. It's also going to be an art gallery. It's not the Firehouse Cafe is going to be a destination. It's not just a restaurant, but we're giving people a reason to come. We're going to be using artists all over the Berkshires. We're giving people a reason to come and check us out. You know, um, you know, Miss Adams Diner opening up, you know, that 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 bringing a lot of traffic to Park Street. This is the time. This is the time to be a part of Adams. We're taking Adams from being what used to be a drive through. Sure. Yeah. To a place where people want to stop. 17,000 cars come up and down that street. Damn. And, and, we, and, and I always I always love that town. I lived there for something like two, two, three years or so when I was uh, working at WAW in North Adams. I, I lived on uh, Melrose Street right across mm-hmm. from the library uh, in this little apartment. Um, Bob Whitman, God rest his soul, he owned the uh, the uh, property there. And uh, and that's where I lived. And I loved it. I used to walk up to the Glen and go for runs there. And uh, in that downtown, there's so much potential, man. There's so much potential. So it's much awesome. Potential. So, man, I, you know... Listen, I, I'm happy for you. Thank you. I'm man. happy for you. I see your journey from a distance. I see your smiles. I see I see your happiness. You know, and I'm I'm happy to be here. And you know, once again, you know, you 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 are one of the reasons why I am who I am and who I became. You're one of the reasons. You're, your passion and you able in this you having the ability to see my heart. You have an ability to see my dream and you saying, you know what? I'm going to use my platform to allow people to hear this guy out there, allow people to hear his story, to allow people to, to, to hear what this, what his brain has to offer, you know, um, the, what his journey, how his journey can teach the next man, the testimony that he has to show, you know what? You can be overcoming when life is 100% against you. So I thank you because you use your platform to uplift the next man. You big up your brother. And that's much love to you. Xavier, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. And uh, and I had some great damn cheesesteaks while I was at it. <laughs> <laughs> Best damn cheesesteak. And I knew it. I know that because, uh, you know, uh, being in Philadelphia, I know and you know. Um, but um, but I love you, man. You're living it and and keeping it completely authentic and that and and god willing more of the more of the world would be more authentic because we need that we just really do i mean people have got to stop bullshitting and just start being real um in a lot of ways i in my own way i hope i'm doing it uh as best i can and uh and just keep on keeping on man thank you thank you very much 